Okay, we're rolling. Let's do this. episode of return but this time it's a little bit different i want to let you know about something new that we're doing and something that well i guess that i am doing and that i'm pretty excited about and that is theology thursdays so my goal is every thursday i want to release a new episode um it'll be with just me so solo yo And I just wanted to have another episode where I'm expanding on maybe things that are currently touching my heart from scripture or um, talking about subjects such as the life of David or Song of Solomon, intimacy with God, um, the cross, things outside of just the scope of the end times, which... I love the end times and that was a major reason for Benji and I to start this podcast and even our conversations aren't only going to be about end times, but that is definitely one of the major focuses for us um, because we want to just be talking about uh, the biblical narrative, things that Jesus says will happen and take place before he returns, um, ways to just interpret you know, current events and and things that are happening, which you guys know if you've been listening to some of the other episodes. So, but besides that, I, um, I really just wanted to have another episode coming out weekly to you guys where we could also just talk about other things in scripture. And, um, my prayer is that as it's been blessing me, that it would also bless you. So I am really looking forward into, Uh, releasing these to you guys and yeah let me know what you think comment um I will ask you guys if you've been enjoying these podcasts it would mean so much to us if you would take some time to leave a review or a comment or share it with some friends and family that you think would also uh, benefit from listening to it it just encourages us to see that it encourages us to know that um you're being blessed by it, that you're listening to uh, these podcasts and yeah, that the little bit that we can give that it's uh, it's falling on hungry ears and hungry hearts. So if you want to do that, that would massively bless us. Um, before we jump into the content for today, I also want to let you know uh, that I am going to be recording these uh, podcasts also on video. So if you wanted to watch on YouTube, like you can do with uh, the conversation ones with Benji and I, just go to my YouTube channel, 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 (laughs) channel, Gabriel Nathania is the name and you should be able to find them there. So yeah, I'm videoing these and we'll get them uploaded at the same time that we do the, uh, upload the podcast or the audio. So you can find them there. All right, let's jump in with today's content. So today I wanted to just start off these Theology Thursdays um, by looking at the Song of Solomon. And I there's no guarantee that I'm going to go through this systematically or even 
uh, touch on this every week, but I will say that I have been camping out recently in the Song of Solomon um, just for a variety of reasons. One, it's a book that I just want to be more familiar with. But two, and this is obviously the main reason, is the Song of Solomon just is so um, filled. I mean, it's probably the major book in the Bible that just talks about the heart of God, the emotions of God for us, for his people. And um, I love that it's written in poetry, even though I am not a poet for the life of me. I like can barely write a haiku, but I love that it's in poetry because in some ways I see it as the way that God, one, I mean, poetry is romantic, but God is hiding, so to speak, his love and his affection for those who are hungry to search it out. Like that proverb says that it's the glory of God to hide a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. So there's a glory in searching out the heart of God in this book. And what I love about poetry is that it really does work in layers and it it works in in different levels of meaning and um, how things can just touch your heart in, in different ways, even though it, every time you go read it, it says the same thing over and over. And I think part of that obviously is the work of the Holy Spirit that um, can illuminate his word to our heart and, and touch us with revelation in the moment that we're reading his word. And I think at the other time, it's just the beauty of the poetry that uh, one thing can carry layers of meaning and, and layers of, of even just there's pictures, uh, word pictures associated with it and all of that. And so I want to be more familiar with this book. I massively want to have the truths of this book touch my heart and and affect me and transform me as I'm sure you do too um, because this is all about the the bridegroom Jesus and the church as his bride his people as his bride and it's a story of divine love it's a story of divine romance um the heart of God exposed basically. And if you guys listen to the other episodes, which if you're listening to this one, I'm sure you do. Um, Benji and I really like to talk about just some of the big picture themes of scripture. We like to kind of take a step back and see, well, what's, what's the bigger idea going on here? What's God's, you know, bigger plan to all of the things that are happening in society. And, I think that's part of the way that I'm just wired is I like to see things from a broader perspective. But when I look at the Song of Solomon, when I read the Song of Solomon, I just see that this book is really the exposing of the heart of God. It's the exposing of of why Jesus went to the cross in the first place, what was in his mind, what was in his heart. Why did he do what he did? Because he didn't have to. And we all are so familiar with the fact that, yes, God loves us, but that can be just words until we feel the effect of that truth on our lives and on our hearts. And so that's why 
I love this book and yet there's so much more of this book that I want to know, I want to discover, and I want the truth of it to touch me. And so that's why I want to um, start here today. And to be honest, we're not even going to make it that far into this book, uh, or at least in this episode, because I just want to start with the opening line of uh, Song of Solomon 1 verse 2, which says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. So basically, I just I want to start here. And in some ways, I want to, again, give a broader picture. Um, almost even before we dive into this verse, though, we will talk about it a little bit in this episode. Um, I'll say in the very beginning, this verse is something that I try to pray often Um, I want to pray it more than, than what I do. And yet I can say I do pray it pretty often because I find it such a simple prayer and such a simple, um, declaration of longing, like almost in a lot of ways when I don't know what to pray, this is like one of the first things that comes out of my mouth because it's just so simple and it captures so fully what it is I'm longing for and yearning for and that is the kisses of the word of god on my heart and i'll just take a little bit to talk about what that means or what that even looks like but basically the divine kiss or this kiss from god is what has the power in our life to really transform us to really change us we know um, paul talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind And I love that because you take the truths of what scripture says and, and sometimes we just need to declare the truth or sing the truth and, and until we believe it, even just on a, on a mind level or on a a cognitive level. But when those truths touch our heart and we experience it and we feel it, that changes everything like That is the way to transformation. And the thing is, is sometimes when we just have to speak the word and believe it, even when we don't feel it, what happens when we do that is over time, we do end up feeling the truth of of believing in our mind first, because when we change our mind, it changes our behavior, it changes the way that we act. And so we will live out of the truth that we speak over our mind and over our hearts. And so just this cry for God's kiss to touch our hearts is a cry for us to be transformed. And we want to be transformed. We want to be renewed. We want to look like him. And and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But part of why I am also feeling to get into the Song of Solomon more is I want to live my life looking out of this certain lens. And this lens is uh, what we commonly call here at um, the International House of Prayer, the bridal paradigm. And as we know, a paradigm is just a lens in which we interpret reality. And I want my reality, I want the reality of my life interpreted through the fact that I am the beloved of God, that I am the beloved of Jesus, that I am his bride, that I am betrothed to him, that I belong to him, that I am 
and even just doing all the things that I do in life to live holy and pure and, and what the Bible calls a chaste virgin, I do that because I'm his. He's claimed me as his own and I belong to him and I'm doing it out of love for him. So I, I want that to be the reality through which I process life, through which, through which I see things. I, I interpret the events that happen to me and the things that I do. I want it all to be through this lens of knowing that I am the beloved of God's. And the way that we get that bridal paradigm is by studying the emotions of God, by studying Jesus's emotions. And, and when we do that, it'll have such a profound impact on our own emotions because scripture, again, teaches us that we are transformed by what God thinks and feels about us. Sometimes we have to declare it as truth. But other times when we feel it, we just feel the effect of it on our hearts right away. And I just want to say that it's so easy. Like, gosh, I do this more often than I wish I, I would. But I think it's a common experience for all of us. And I'm sure you who are listening are going to relate to this too. But it's so easy to be just task oriented in the kingdom like meaning I have my to-do list and it can sometimes be like, oh, I just have to, you know, read through my, my Bible passages today. I, have, I should spend some time in prayer. You know, I, I should do good works, all of these things. Or I, you know, for me, I'm part of a full-time ministry. And so a lot of it is what do I have to do in ministry? And it's easy to be just task oriented, like do, do, do. And, um, I mean, really, how much do we pause, do I pause to actually ask God to have a revelation of what God is thinking and feeling about me throughout the day? Uh, I'll say Psalm 139, 17 through 18. I love that Psalm and I love these verses. It says that the thoughts of God toward us are more than the sand of the sea. And he is eager to share those thoughts with us. And his thoughts, when, when he does share them and when we hear them, they end up being those kisses upon our hearts that transform us. You know, some people think like, oh gosh, if God has so many thoughts, like, well, surely not all of them can be, you know, good. And so, you know, it can cause us to withdraw, which is something that I want to talk about in a second. But the verse right before that, Psalm 139, 17, it talks about how precious those thoughts are toward us, how, how precious they are, which means that they're filled with his desire toward us, his, his thoughts of love, how, I don't know, I mean, how beautiful we are to him, how proud he is of the fact that he gave me freckles and blue eyes or whatever, the things that just delight his heart about us. And obviously those thoughts are endless. They're vast because they're more than the sand of the sea, which I, is hard to even comprehend. But I'm saying that to say that he, his thoughts toward us, when they touch our hearts, they transform us. They become the kisses of the word of God that transform our hearts. And I'll say this, that I heard this quote, I think from, Joyce Meyer. And, um, she says, God loves us the way that we are, 
but he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And I love that because it's true. I am uh, very aware of my weakness. I'm very aware of how much um, in my own strength I just am not able to do. And sometimes it's scary because in my own strength I am able to do a lot and I think that's almost worse than um, being aware of, of how much you need God to just love God. But uh, we receive his love as we are, and yet I'm so grateful that he loves us too much to leave me the way that I am. And something that I want to say is that his kiss, his word that touches our hearts, it will always transform us. Sometimes it'll be dramatic. Most of the time, it'll probably be in subtle and in and, and slower ways, but his kiss, when it touches our heart, his word, when there's revelation that, that just comes alive to us, it will always transform us. And Romans 8, 29 says that we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, which means we are destiny. The end, I don't know, goal of our life is to look like Jesus. We will look like Jesus. That's what we've been brought into. And so part of this is just, he, yeah, he loves me too much to leave me the way that I am. And that strongly goes against the rhetoric of the world today, which says that, you know, you're, you are just perfect the way that you are. You just need to accept yourself. You need to do whatever makes you feel happiest, whatever makes you feel the most fulfilled. That's what you should do. That's what you should pursue. And that is a lie and that will not leave you feeling happy. That will leave you feeling empty. That will leave you feeling uh, just void and, and ultimately not what you were created for because we will only find lasting happiness and we will only find fulfillment in the love of God. His kisses upon our heart, his love when it touches us is the most satisfying of any human experience. Better than whatever it is you can dream of or, or come up with right now in your mind. His love is so much better than that. And that is why we are alive. <laughs> I love the way that John Piper puts it, that we are most satisfied in God when, when he is most satisfied. No. Yeah, we are most satisfied in God when, when he is most satisfied. When he is most glorified in us. There we go. was almost butchering that. But I love that John Piper talks about being Christian hedonist because it's about seeking pleasure in God. It's about finding our ultimate satisfaction and delight and desire in God. And maybe someday in uh, these episodes we'll talk about uh, the Seven Longings of the Human Heart, a book by Mike Bickle and, and Dana Candler that I think is just so uh, liberating and revelatory about how God made us to, with, just with longings, with basic longings that he actually wants to fulfill. Um, but anyways, I don't want to get off the track with that. But basically, he loves us too much to leave us the way that we are and thank God for that. So to have him kiss our heart, though, that this is the premise of what's happening in this verse is 
the bride, the Shulamite, the, the woman in this passage, she is asking for the kisses of God upon her heart. She's asking the Lord to actually come and, and kiss her. And I want to say that if we want the kisses of God, if we want him to come and touch us, we have to ask for it. I love the verse in Philippians 2.13 that says, it's God who works in us both the will, which means both the desire and the ability to do his good pleasure, his good works. And so sometimes all we have to give the Lord is, I want to want you, <laughs> Lord. I, I don't even know how to ask for this, but I want to want you. And that's why I think this verse, the let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, it just so perfectly, again, captures sometimes, you know, ways that we don't even know how to express the longing in, in our hearts. But I want to want you. Come and kiss me. Come, let your word touch my heart. And it's through the revelation of God's heart that we have confidence that he actually enjoys us. That he actually delights in us, even in our shortcomings, even in our failures. And this is a massive one for me because sometimes I just feel like a big hypocrite. But a lot of the times that's a lie that I just have to confront because according to scripture, according to Song of Solomon, he sees our love as genuine, even when it's weak. And if you're like me, it's common to be a sincere believer and we love the Lord, but we feel oftentimes like we're not measuring up. And I mean, I can't even count how many times I've been in church or at a prayer meeting or even just sometimes the general feeling in, in my mind throughout the day is, oh God, if only I had done this, this, and this, like I would be feeling you more now, or I'm sorry, like I... I should have spent more time with you this week and, you know, probably you're disappointed in me and, and, you know, we just say a bunch of crap and we feel like it's true. Uh, but I think what that does is we, when we come to the Lord, almost with that feeling of shame or that feeling of guardedness, what it is, is yeah, we come to him saying, I want to feel your love, but actually my heart is guarded right now because I feel like I should have done something more to deserve your love. And I think about how, like, if I have conversations with Benji where like, I don't know, I've been upset at him with something and my heart is guarded. It's like, I'm a lot more shut down and not able to receive things that he like says to me or or even if, if he's being, you know, nice and loving, it's harder for me to receive love and, and positive feedback from him when my heart is guarded. And the thing is, is that's the same way sometimes with God is that when we come with these feelings of like, oh, I should have, could have, you know, wish I would have done better. We come sometimes with, with this guarded attitude towards God that, can make it harder for us to actually feel his love, to actually, you know, let the truth of, of, uh, the word get through those barriers in our heart. And the thing is, is the conversations that I have with Benji that I am guarded, they usually don't go so well, but how do I, you know, 
break that guardedness or get out of that, usually I have to do something, you know, to reconcile with him. Like I repent for whatever it is I need to repent for. And then, you know, we reassure one another of our love for each other. And I think it's important. It takes a lot of humility to actually receive love when you feel that you don't deserve it. And that's something that I just want to mention briefly is I think that we do need to repent of wrong mindsets that say that God could not love me because of A, B, and C, or God does not love me right now because I didn't spend enough time with him, which that might might be the accusation in the mind of some of you. And for some of you, it might be because I did this, this, and this, and I just am I'm covered in my shame. I can't even get out of the funk that I'm in. Like, how could God possibly enjoy me in this moment? And I want to encourage you, if you have been feeling that, if you have been in that, it takes humility to do this. But hey, I mean, it's part of the sanctification of the gospel. But repent. Honestly, repent for lies, for believing lies. Repent for believing wrong mindsets of how God views you. And then receive the truth by telling him. Sometimes I just tell him this. Enjoy me. God, just enjoy me right now. I am so weak. I don't I don't feel that I deserve your love. But regardless of how I feel, you do love me. You do love me. And more than even just loving me, you like me and you enjoy me. And again, this is where we, we can take scripture. And this is part of the kisses of the word of God is when we speak scripture out and we, we let the truth of it be true. And um, a verse that I've been going to recently has been in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. There's um, a, a verse that says, uh, what is the inheritance of Jesus in the saints, the riches of his inheritance in the saints? Sometimes I have to just speak that verse out to say, Jesus, you have a rich inheritance in me. And I do not want to rob you of your inheritance in me. And so I don't want to rob you of your inheritance by believing the lie that you do not enjoy me and that you do not love me in this moment. So sometimes that's how I even bring myself to greater surrender is to say, Jesus, I am your inheritance. I am your beloved. This is true. What you say is true of me. And so regardless of how my emotions may be right now, I want you to enjoy me and I want you to come and kiss my heart with your love. And I'll just say, I think that's the very beginning. That is the starting point of the transformation is by allowing ourselves to be enjoyed by God. So I want to start wrapping this up soon, but I will say that the revelation of God's passionate love of his holy affection toward us. And I say holy affection because I want us to know that it is different than the affections of the world. Because even the most beautiful of, of married love, of sacred love, it cannot measure up to the greatness of the love of God. And so his holy love, his holy affections toward us, we find it more than just in the Song of Solomon. It's really throughout the whole Bible. 
And I think it is a top priority. It should be a top priority in our lives to know how God thinks and how he feels about us. And there's a lot more that I could say on all of this, but this episode is already getting long. So all I want to say is that this is a prayer, this let him come and kiss me with the kisses of his word. This is a prayer that we can and we should be praying all throughout the day in whatever um, time or environment that we do it. Sometimes I'm changing a diaper and I'm just saying, Lord, I want to feel your love right now. And I might not stay there for very long, but even if I can feel his love for a minute, two minutes, even if I turn my eye to him, we'll look at this later if we touch more on Song of Solomon, that even the glance of my eye looking towards him, it ravishes his heart. And so I want to ask and I want to believe for the experience of the love of God on my heart throughout the day and throughout the night, even that my dreams would be filled with him. And it's simple, but it's profound. And it takes humility. It takes what Matthew 5, 3 says, poverty of spirit to ask for this because it's acknowledging something that we do not have. There's an acknowledgement of lack and of need. And, and I, I need more of the love of God in my life and on my heart. And the beautiful thing is that he loves to answer this cry. He loves, he delights in answering this prayer. And so my prayer is that uh, we all would feel it. We all would uh, experience his love on our lives, on our hearts, that as it touches us, it would overflow to our spouse, to our siblings, to our roommates, to our coworkers, the people around us, the strangers, that the love of God, as it touches us, transforms us, as we feel his enjoyment of us, that it would even uh, just cause us to love other people. You can't have one without the other. So be blessed. And I am super looking forward to talking to you guys in future episodes. Mm-hmm.